It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipItTV. You're listening to BGN Radio. There is a timeout on the field with the score. Listen to this. We are not drunk. <laughs> this is accurate. The Eagles 34, the Cowboys 3. Welcome in, everybody, to episode number 307 of BGN Radio. We appreciate uh, wherever you are listening out there. Uh, We will go to BLG for a review update in just a moment. But uh, if you are not currently, right now, subscribed on whatever apparatus and software that uh, you listen to these fine podcasts, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, TuneIn, Satchel, uh, basically anywhere else that you can find a podcast, you will find us there. And if you are out uh, and about and you are listening uh, you or you want a particular thing, like we're trying, trust me, we're trying to get on Spotify, but they are, you know, very particular on what's happening there. But if there's Tell anywhere else. Tell them they need to add us. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep t- telling Spotify, hey, I need BGN Radio. Can you accept them uh, as part of the podcast program? Because that would be uh, really, really cool. So that's the new mission. Uh, at uh, Spotify, whatever the thing is, put BGN Radio in my feed. I need it in my feed. Uh, so, yeah, uh, do that. And uh, BLG, where are we with uh, reviews? Because we need 1,000 for a pizza party. Yeah, well, so we're doing 1,000 ratings and 1,000 reviews. We need 1,000 yeah. both. So we're doing good on the ratings. We have 724 yes. ratings. There we go. That's very good. Strong work. But need some more reviews get some more reviews in here they don't have to be super long you know just give some thoughts give some appreciation what you think should be better some constructive feedback we're only at 328 reviews so we have some work to do there okay we got some work to do but i have faith because the mojo is still flowing in the off season and james uh i I love you buddy how are you been and what's new yeah, I'm doing great, guys. I, I just look, just write in the review. Uh, James sounds like Charlie Day over and over and over again. That's fine too. <laughs> yeah. We don't care. Give, uh, just, yeah. just do it. You will make BLG Actually, the first so happy. Person, the first person that does that will get four BGN Radio magnets if you give me an entire review of James Seltzer sounds like Charlie oh, Day. God. There you go, right there. Uh, and yeah, then, and-, and on top of that, uh, uh, listen. If you can make BLG a happy BLG, then uh, for those who are not Patreon members, we're recording in a, a, a Galia, as I like to say, or Eagle after dark <laughs> after this. And it's going to be a, a fired, gripe-ridden, apparently, BLG. So these ratings will really go a long way towards taking those gripes away and making BLG much happier. That's right. And uh, we'll certainly tease that again later on in the show. Uh, but right now, uh, fellas, it's kind of crazy how there's like this one conscious mind of Eagles fans that go, hey, you know what makes a lot of sense? Mike Wallace on a one-year deal. And what happens today? Boom! Mike Wallace on a one-year deal and a very cheap 
uh, one uh, one year deal here, BLG, which I'm very excited about. Two and a half million uh, was the initial report from Ian Rappaport. Then Adam Schefter went on and said that can go up to four million. Again, I think this makes a lot of sense. It's an upgrade uh, with Tory Smith. I would say that he's slightly underrated, only because I don't know if you've dared to watch the Baltimore Ravens offense in the past two years, but it hasn't been great, and especially last year with Flacco being hurt and uh, just. Kind of a, a disaster zone, as you kind of saw him and Jeremy Macklin. Not just kind of get lost in, in the shuffle there, but uh, you know, a guy that was obviously a thousand yard wide receiver two years ago. I love this, uh, and, and more or less the reason why I love it, BLG, is because this guy has come in and said, uh, you know, I, I am not. I'm, I'm at the point in my career where I've made a lot of money, uh, even though he had that fight with the, the Steelers at the beginning of his career, which is still one of my favorite things ever, uh, and. He's looking now to go to a Super Bowl winner, and that just makes me feel amazing that this team is getting better uh, while the rest of the NFC East is just kind of shrugging as JPB gets traded today. I, I love this signing. It makes so much sense in the world. Uh, what do you think of uh, Mike Wallace in an Eagles uniform, BLJ? Yeah, when you talk about wanting a ring, I mean, you look at Michael Crabtree. He signed for one year, $8 million, and he's one year younger than Mike Wallace, who signed for one year, $2.5 million. And then, as you said, it can get up to $4 million, apparently, with the incentives there. So, I mean, this is pretty incredible. And then when you just look at it in the scope of this is a direct replacement for Torrey Smith. And when you look at Torrey Smith's numbers the last couple of years, compared to Mike Wallace's number the last couple of years, Wallace's are a lot better. And now Wallace has been more of a volume target so that kind of helps his stats out obviously but even in terms of yards per reception like in, in rate stats he, he is at 14.2 yards per reception over the past two seasons while Torrey Smith is almost two yards below him at 12.4 so I mean and then you just look at it financially I mean Torrey Smith's set to make five million this year Mike Wallace is set to make half of that so Howie Roseman picked up <laughs> Mike Wallace Daryl Worley and $2.5 million in cap space, basically, by getting rid of Torrey Smith. Like, in effect, that's what happened there. I mean, that's a pretty shrewd move. Howie does it again. It's nice that we're able to say that. And I think it makes a lot of sense for this offense, bringing in that guy who has the speed. And, look, this doesn't necessarily mean they're down on Mac Hollins, I think. I th you know, there's a lot of snaps to go around. I think you can split some of this here. Or maybe Mike Wallace looks so good in the summer that you don't have to play Mac Collins, and that's a good thing. Or maybe, you know, he doesn't look as good, and then Mac Collins gets more playing time. The point is, it gives you more depth. It gives you more versatility in terms of skill set because you didn't have that burner. Uh, I don't see how you could really hate the move. Yeah, and James, this is kind of, uh, well, one, yeah, you also forgot to add the rich get richer there, BLG. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so, you know, with that, it James, it just reminds me once again of how bad I feel about criticizing Howie Roseman in like 2015 we or 16. We didn't do that. No, I mean, uh, don't, we deleted all those tapes. Delete but like, those podcasts. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of the thing that is just like, wow, uh, has that potential feel of everybody wants to come here. And that I, I can't get over that feeling. I can't shake that feeling that the Eagles – are lining up and and so far with a draft yet to go uh, and and certainly want your thoughts on on Mac Collins and and how that's going to work with uh, Wallace there but to to me this is like this is how the Seahawks felt this is how the Patriots felt people just want to come play for the Eagles and I'm I'm I love this yeah that's why you know the rich get richer has been a a, a joke forever and now it's it's weird and ironic to be the team that that is the team that you would say that about it's uh it's awesome like you said and uh, i i wrote down on my my sheet of paper my um my very uh you know serious intense notes that i take as we do these <laughs> shows i wrote down how we love fest because you're right i'll admit it I'll not delete those takes. Cold takes expose all that crap. I ripped the shit out of Howie. I, I like I killed the guy. Like I was wrong, as we've all said. And um to what he's become, I mean, his ability to to make these moves and finagle the cap and get guys to restructure and find value for guys that, that just seem like Brandon said, I mean, to get Daryl Worley for Tory Smith at five million dollars is I I don't get it. I don't understand how it happened. Same thing with that Bradford trade a year ago. I mean, it, it just seems like Howie has a way to to make these moves that just are, are don't make any sense from the other team's perspective, and and it's so great. 
uh, you know, that, that we got the guy who's making those moves. And I, I certainly wouldn't have thought that Howie w- would turn into this. And it's so impressive. You know, we've talked a ton about that year off, but uh, it mattered. And, and I think it really changed this guy and changed the way he looks at things and goes about things. And uh, I mean, he's the best GM in football. I mean, what the, what the hell is that? Like, where? how ridiculous would that have sounded a few years ago if I had told you that in you know 2018, Howie Roseman will be the best general manager in football and you won't be able to argue with it? Um, it's amazing. As for the Mike Wallace move, I'm with you guys. I don't see how you can't like it. It's a... And I would say right now, certainly at least the way they're playing, an upgrade over Torrey Smith. And he's cheaper. He's fast. He's like a perfect kind of fit for what they're looking for. He's a little better, I think. It, um, like Brandon said, being a little bit more of a volume guy. You don't. I don't think we're gonna have to worry about the drop issues that we saw with Torrey Smith. So um, I, I love it. And look, I get the Matt Collins, you know, wanting Mac to play, but this offense is showing they're gonna work a lot of personnel in. They're gonna move a lot of guys in and out. Holland's already got some burn this year as a rookie. He was someone who didn't, you know, we were some, we, John, I, I remember you and I, when he gets drafted, we were like, wait, what? You haters. Yeah. And, and because he, he, to be fair, wait, to be fair, Ray Dinger also was disgusted the moment yes. he got off the air and looked at us. <laughs> yes. So we were all in agreement. Yeah. Because he was more of a special teams, like, you know, target for teams in the sense he didn't get to play a ton of receiver because of injuries at North Carolina comparatively. So, I think that there's still development to go there, and and I think that giving him the opportunity to grow without that pressure of having to step up and be that number two guy without a bit of a safety net, I think is a really good thing, especially when you consider the cost. And uh, you know, it's it, Howie, man, it's 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 awesome, and, and I, I'm just very uh, beyond impressed with with what this guy continues to do, and um. Man, and I think you need it. Look, you need another wide receiver. I, yeah, look, is, is Sheldon Gibson yeah. ready to go? I don't think there are a lot of people no. who believe Sheldon Gibson's ready to go. I don't think they're going to use a high, you know, draft pick on a receiver this draft, or at least I don't think there's someone they're going to get who will contribute immediately. So, you know, if you don't bring in some sort of veteran, you're looking at a wide receiving core that's that's Alshon, who we don't even know if he's going to be ready to start the season. And then Mac Hollins and a bunch of, you know, and obviously we like Aguilar, but then it's Hollins and Sheldon Gibson are like your next two guys with legitimate snaps on the line potentially. So, uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and you touched on a, a really good point, and that's more or less the direction I was going to. You're unaware of Alshon Jeffrey. We're still unaware of Carson Wentz too. So if Nick Foles is in there, he's going to need as 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 much uh, the, you know weapons as possible. And certainly it's not even really like that. It's just it literally is replacing Torrey Smith. And I don't think they're they're different skill sets. The the great thing about Mac Collins, and it's so funny how I you know when he got drafted and where we are now and how I'm going to do a complete 180 because I also remember during that time and trying to figure out why they did it and, and hearing comparisons to like he's kind of like a light Mike Evans and I went that's a little strong and now when you kind of see him and and what he's able to do in his skill set you're going like okay I totally see that now I see the guy that has uh, I will say uh, I guess deceptive speed for the most part for a guy that's his size you you don't expect him to run that fast but you know him being there as a as a Z wide receiver being able to obviously uh, cross over the middle as we saw in the preseason and just stiff arm guys uh, after acrobatic uh, throws from Carson Wentz and, and and what have you it's it's just different like Mike Wallace is that guy it literally is Torrey Smith with better hands and a little better speed or maybe the same speed. Uh, but it's it it is I, and I this is the only th- other thing I wonder BLG is if they can um, m- maybe have some different looks with Mike Wallace because he can go into the slots uh, spot every now and again like there I have seen him used there and it would be kind of interesting to have him and Mac kind of flip flop or him and Nelson Aguilar kind of flip flop in there I also think this might give you a couple of a couple of different looks when it comes to the field here BLG. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, how Doug likes to be creative. Obviously, I mean, you were saying earlier, James, about how the Eagles have one of the best or the best general manager in the league. They also have one of the best head coaches in the league. Oh, guess what? They also have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, arguably the best, depending on. Hey, BLG, uh, does that all lead up to a team that wins the Super Bowl? I couldn't. I'm just I'm just well, curious. I mean, they won Super one. Bowls. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it might be multiple. We don't know for sure. But yeah, getting back to Wallace, I mean, that's one of the exciting things, I think, is 
pairing him up with Carson Wentz. And now we saw Carson and Torrey Smith have some kind of, you know, some of those issues early on in the season, especially when it came to timing up that deep ball right. But I think we're going to see some of that the more this year. You know, Carson's obviously another year further into his development, so that'll be good to see having that vertical threat. And, yeah, I mean, you can line these guys up in a number of places. I think, you know, the Eagles want to, and I think, you know, bringing in Gunter Brewer, you know, they're and having Mike grow here last year, I mean, that's part of the allure. You know, they're trying to coach these guys up and make it work at different spots and, and make it so they're not so predictable. I mean, that's one of the one of the cool things about the Eagles offense is they don't get stagnant and predictable and they execute. So with all that said, I think adding Wallace makes sense. I mean, there's obviously, you know, just to, to be objective, and to be fair here, you know, they're Ravens fans, you know, talking to some of them, getting the impression on Mike Wallace, you know, there obviously there was inconsistency there. There there were some drops at times. There were games where he kind of just disappeared. But I mean, you're not asking him to be one of the even the main what? I mean, at least not one of the main three. I mean, you're looking at Alshon when if when well when he gets back you're looking at Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar I mean like those are your three top guys there and then we'll and see. I think a receiver I mean a running back will probably be you know exactly. Corey Clement or somebody could I could or, see it being a bigger Sproles part exactly like who knows so you're not even asking Mike Wallace to be like this big part of your offense he's kind of just a role player and that's all you need him to be yeah they need speed and they got speed and uh, certainly uh, I know that uh, Michael Kiss will have. A lot of reaction to this. By the time you're listening, this it might have dropped already. The Kisten Solak Show episode 15 you is in our feed. BGN Radio. They, they, they yes. actually never stop recording. It's just they're always recording at all yeah. times, at every second of every day, and they just take chunks out and post it. But but right now they're recording. They're recording at all times. I yeah, mean, they that, just. It's what it seems he, like, at least. Yeah, Ben's in Mexico and he's still recording. So it's just it, it's an ongoing thing. And uh, yeah, Michael's doing a great job while he's away. Uh, plus, he's going to go over, and this is more important and something I want to get into as well. Uh, a lot of what the, you know the big draft is mocking for the Eagles at thirty-two, uh, and certainly go over uh, a lot of that. And that's where um, I think a lot of people have tended to say, "Okay," and, and I was we were even talking about it last night. Me and Jack Fritz were just going, you know, this the thirty-two and BLG had even. Uh, pointed out that Lance Zerline had said, you know, the Eagles are looking for an impact wide receiver, uh, and that makes a ton of sense for me even before and now after Mike Wallace is being here. I think that's that is still like wide open for me, James. Like, yes, of course they should draft a wide receiver. That doesn't take it take it off the off the board at thirty two. If Cortland Sutton's there, if you got an opportunity for DJ Moore, that's a great time to go in and get these guys, and that's. That's what it's going to happen if the success kind of continues for this Eagles team. You should draft whatever the literally the the only time that it's it is completely valid to say take the best player that is available and obviously sure there's you know tackles and there's whatever that you could probably make the same argument for but if the tackles all, all go on a run and you've got Cortland Sutton standing right there in front of you you goddamn right you better take him because he doesn't have to start right away. He can get used to this stuff. We know as wide receivers and corners that come into this league, and certainly we have living, breathing proof of that in Nelson Aguilar in his third year finally becoming the wide receiver I always thought he was going to be. You can do the same things right now, James, with uh, a, a pretty interesting wide receiver class. I don't think they should remove you know wide receiver off their board at 32. Absolutely not, John. I'm with you 100%. Like you said, it's look, I, I know people always like BPA versus need and that whole thing. And and I'm with you, John, because look, it, it, it the, the, the spirit should be you should be saying take the best player available, you know, but at times you cert, you just have to look at yourself there. Right, we don't need a quarterback. We have three quarterbacks, even if quarterbacks the best player on the board. Maybe we could trade out, but that's not the player we'd take if we took a player here. So it's not always, you know, applicable. But I think in this case, it really is. You look at this team, there are just no definitive, clear needs. We've talked about, you know, linebacker being the maybe potential biggest area of need. But, uh, you know, they brought Bradham back. Uh, another, speaking of, uh, of Owie, just murdering things great contract there an unbelievable contract but i think that you know i think you make a great point about the wide receiver development john because i think we got a little um you know i think we got a little thrown off course of what the historic 
precedent is for wide receivers in their first season. It used to be something where it took wide receivers one, two, three years to really get a feel for the NFL. That was the historical standard. And then all of a sudden we had that class with OBJ and Mike Evans and Jarvis Landry and that whole crew of gla- crew of guys. Of course, Jordan Matthews, too. Of course, Jordan yeah. Matthews. <laughs> Who doesn't um, have a job right now, yeah. by the way. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's the one we got. Awesome. Sweet. Um, whatever. He helped Better us get Darby. Party. Maybe he didn't. Though. That was just a throw. But regardless, um, I, I think that class of guys, the guys, you know, not Jordan Matthew guys, those guys kind of, um, even, and, and more, at least Matthews, for, for what it's worth, was, was relatively solid early on comparatively to, to most wide receivers in the rookie season. So I think that that class kind of um, made people think that the paradigm had shifted when, in fact, it was just a generational class of guys and the, they just succeeded immediately. And there are always going to be exceptions, but I think for the most part, it really is beneficial if these guys are not forced to contribute right away. I mean, look at all the guys that were taken in the first round this past year. You know, every single one of them, you know, none of them contributed at a high level. The Mike Williamses, the Corey Davises, the John Ross. Barchard. Um, hey, 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 <laughs> hey. That's what I'm saying. You gotta get gotta give it time, baby. You gotta and, and give I'm it time. You, and that's what I'm saying. And that I think that's a great point. I think these guys need more time, and you absolutely take a guy like that. I mean, what's your future here at wide receiver? Alshon, certainly, you know, he's here for a couple more years, but they can get out of that contract in two years, and depending on where he's at, who knows what they do. And Aguilar, they're gonna have to make a contract decision on. You assume they keep him, but uh, you know, they're going to need to still develop guys at that position. You hope Matt can be something, but uh, you're always looking to retool at all positions, especially when you're coming in from a position of strength where you don't need to draft guys to help you immediately. BLG, you think this changes uh, priorities a little bit? Would you think they go offensive tackle if it's if it's their over wide receiver? I don't think it necessarily changes anything. Just, you know, it's it's a one-year deal. Mike Wallace turns 32, I think, this August. So, uh, you know, as you were saying there, James, kind of you can't look. I mean, it's not like, oh, you signed this guy. We should do something else completely. I think offensive tackle is still likely just because this is your chance to get a potential heir to Jason Peters. And then we, we've talked about, you know, plenty of times just how – Offensive tackle is a huge need moving forward, not only because of Peters, because of Lane Johnson gets suspended. He's out for two years. Like You need to have that insurance there, even just to have this year. Like You can say it's not a need this year, but I think it is, because if there is a Peters injury or something, then that fourth offensive tackle suddenly is your first guy off the bench if either you know Big V or, or whoever else goes down. So I think getting that fourth guy is important for now and the future. I think slot corner, you know, I think we're talking about uh-huh. this team doesn't have holes. I mean, I think, I mean, that's the hole right there. Like, mm-hmm. they need a slot corner. They don't have an obvious option. People might be like, oh, you can just put Mills there. I mean, maybe, but if the Eagles felt so good about putting Jalen Mills there, why were they trying to re-sign Patrick Robinson so much? And why did they really not really show any looks like that? Even going back to the offseason practices last year, I mean, it was Jalen Mills in the slot with Patrick Robinson on the outside and Rizul Douglas on the outside for like a little bit. They tried that for a little bit. It, I don't. I can't really say how the results were because I mean, spring practices. Like, what can I really take out of that? There's no pads. There's no pressure. But obviously, they didn't love it so much that they stuck with it. So, I mean, maybe Mills can do it. I don't know. I don't think that's a surefire thing. I think you at least want to you know try to hedge your bet. You know, maybe there is. A corner, they like see that's the weird thing. There's been a lot of mocks lately that have the Eagles taking a corner at 32, which on its surface just doesn't make sense because they don't have room really for like a boundary corner. But if there's going to be a slot guy who also can return, so maybe you're looking at like a Mike Hughes, I could see you know the argument for that, especially with the slot corner being as valuable as it is in today's NFL, and then bringing in that special teams experience really kind of makes it worth that first there, but. That's kind of where the Eagles are. I mean, they they don't have any holes in the traditional sense, but there are some spots where you're looking at kind of luxury places or even kind of those sub-package roles like slot corner or second tight end, or which is important because the Eagles use a lot of heavy tight end sets. Or, um, you know, you look at something like even returner. So those are the kind of things, and that's the great position they're in where they, we can talk about like, oh, they really need to get a returner. That's one of their biggest needs. Yeah, I and I'll be. I think I'll be as bold to say that uh, Jalen Mills can't play slot corner, 
Uh, like I, it's, I wouldn't say you can't. I, I would say it would take him a while to get used to because, and and I don't feel that great about why him. Why don't you? Why don't you think he can? Because I, I, honestly, the way that he plays outside corner right now, if there's a if there's a speedier wide receiver that's in the slot, like I don't like that matchup at all. You know, Patrick Robinson they had the ability to kind of do both. I think is uh, I can't believe I'm saying this either. His hips were a little more fluid and you know, he could change direction a little better. I don't think Jalen Mills is really cut out to do that. It's not his game. It's it's about, you know, playing off and it's about being very aggressive and making sure that nobody gets behind you and certainly uh, tackling uh, right away so you don't have any yak that's going there. And I, you know, he's not a he's not a stiff either, but I just just like you were saying, like there's a reason why they were really trying to rock down uh, Patrick Robinson and, and and a lot of that. Not saying that he couldn't, just like Worley. I'm sure that he could. I, I still don't think that's his best, uh, you know, his, a strong suit because, again, it's another off-corner that doesn't really pray, uh, press that is not, like, you know, suited to kind of do that stuff. But uh, cer- certainly, like, there's a, there's a, a want-to and a can-do. Sure, absolutely. I just don't know if he can do that. Uh, kind of long term, so it will be. Uh, Thirty two is going to be so much fun and interesting because they could go in so many other different directions. Uh, and uh, speaking of different directions, I, I, BLG, I'm going to I'm going to stay with you for a little bit because I I can't figure out what the rest of the NFC East is doing. Uh, <laughs> and the New York Giants trade JPP today. Um, they swap force and then they get a third round pick to uh, the Bucks, so you got Vinny Curry and Bo Allen and JPP all in one team, which is, uh, I, I know that we had said at one point, our good friend Matt Daring, I remember doing a a article with Jimmy Kemsky when he used to work for Philly.com to try and come up with, like, who would the fans select team, and it, it ended up being the Buccaneers that year. Uh, certainly the Raiders are in contention for that this year, but I, I don't know. I, I, again, the Bucks are just kind of go like, yeah, this is this is what we're going to do. Um, I don't know what the Giants are doing, even though it makes sense from a cap perspective. Uh, again, they could go in like 70 different directions, and it still doesn't sound like they're going to take a quarterback. Well, first of all, you brought up Jimmy Kemsky, so I have to take a little bit of a, a detour here to rip the Counterpoint podcast hosted wow. by Jack This guy, Jack Fritz, Feud comes in. beginning here. I love it. I love Jack, but he comes on. He brings Jimmy on his show, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I think he had a decent year, Jimmy." Jack, Jimmy literally got the freaking opening coin toss of the season wrong. He said it was <laughs> the opposite of what it was. He got the opening coin toss wrong, and you let him off easy. Man. Come on, Jack, he's losing his anyway. touch. He's getting too big for his britches now. Yeah, he's a big J journalist. It's hard, it's hard to argue with and that gripe. The, the gripes guys. are starting early here with BLG, and it's hard to argue yeah. with it. We gotta I get we, something. We gotta get a sounder. We gotta get a drop for when BLG gets angry. It's the first priority. <laughs> I have something for those guys later. But for now, if you look at the rest of the NFC East. I mean, it's a joke, man. It's like, what are they? What is everyone doing? You look at the Giants. They trade JPP. It's fifteen million in dead money. Which, like, all right, it doesn't necessarily matter a lot. They have cap space, but it's just like, okay, great. And then you look at the rest of their moves. They made Nate Solder the. Highest paid left tackle in the NFL when he is at best the fifth best offensive tackle in his own division. I mean, you're taking Lane Johnson, you're taking Jason Peters, you're taking Trent Williams and Tyron Smith over him easily, no question about it. So they did that. They gave Jonathan Stewart way too much money. A Jonathan Stewart who literally rushed for what, like negative seven rushing yards yes. against the Eagles last year? <laughs> I mean, great. Bring that guy into the division. That's great for the Eagles. They hired Pat Shermer, obviously, which I still can't believe. Then you look at Washington, and they messed up their quarterback situation. And then they messed not So not only did they mess it up and lose the guy that they, I mean, I, I want to say should have kept in terms of like he was their best option, but it would have been a dumb contract if they did sign him. Either way, uh, not better when you get older at the position with even – a player who is arguably, you know, like going to help you contend even less with Alex Smith. Oh, and give up draft picks and a talented young corner in the process. So Washington has that going for them, and they give Paul Richardson a bunch of stupid amount of money. And then and signed Orlando Skendrick to make up for it, Orlando for the for the young corner uh, deficit, and that uh, more money that contract for Alex Smith is going to be 
$1 million more than the Minnesota Vikings are paying Kirk Cousins in the first yeah. two years of that contract, which is ridiculous. you got to love it. And then you, we, you, we had to end up in Dallas here where the Cowboys, they're not doing anything because they can't because they're still paying Tony Romo like a billion dollars, and they're still paying Nolan Carroll and Cedric Thornton like five million dollars combined. I mean, those guys didn't even last like the season with them last year. I mean, they have been you know in cap hell and been mismanaging the cap for years. But I mean, like it just continues. It's it's pathetic. They have they have one of the best assets in the NFL in terms of a quarterback who is functional on a rookie contract, and they're screwing it up. So. Guys, the, there has not been a repeat winner in the NFC East since, as we have heard this stat a billion times, early 2000s, 2004. I mean, I, I'm feeling pretty good. I know it's early, but I'm feeling pretty good about the Eagles' chances. Yeah, James, I'm feeling pretty good, too, and that's what's so funny is just my whole concentration goes from like, oh, yeah, the NFC East to now you're just, my eyes are wide open uh, towards uh, the rest of the NFC. And, like, you know, the Rams are the number one target, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Saints. Like, I'm all trying to see what they're doing, the Panthers, all of that. And it's, one, it's it's different and it's nice. And, uh, uh, yeah, please, please feel free to pile on to the NFC East uh, torture that we're doing here. But uh, has that changed in your viewpoint, too? You're like, who cares about the division? Uh, I want to know if the Rams are going to land Sue and what the Eagles should do in case they do. Yeah, uh, those three teams are irrelevant. The Giants are irrelevant. The Cowboys are irrelevant. The Washington racists are irrelevant. All are irrelevant. By the way, just to correct something BLG said, uh, he said they gave Jonathan Stewart way too much money. That is true, but giving Jonathan Stewart any money is way too much money. So I guess they gave him like way, 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 way too much money. For Dallas, I mean, yeah, shocking they're in cap hell. When the owner lets his son run the fucking team, like, <laughs> like, like, shocking, like, oh my god, this cap that, like, people who work in the sport can barely understand. People who talk about it can't even come close to understanding. And this guy's letting his asshat son like handle. It. It's just, it's so insane to me, and uh, it, it's awesome. Like, it really is. Like, I don't. I, it, it's like you said, John. Like, I hadn't. Like, and look. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, if, if, if things go horribly wrong and, and everyone on the Eagles gets injured and, and things are whatever, someone will throw this take in my face. But, like, I, I'm not even thinking about the NFC. It's like, who cares? I'm thinking about the rest of the NFC. I'm thinking about the AFC. Teams are coming for us, which is the best part. Like, the I, I literally, I could not be less scared about these teams. And I, not, I think the Eagles are going to win this division going away. Oh yeah, it's it's it, it's the, just like you said, and even with uh, the Eagles getting injured, like they already proven that they can win football yeah, games. So it's just kind of like, all right, uh, the depth is good, everything's good, everything's good, and and that's where I, I guess uh, maybe a little more draft stuff and just kind of what they're doing here. Are James? Do do you think they have to have answers now? for those teams, for the Rams in their secondary, for the Vikings going to get uh, you know better on their defensive line, for you know San Francisco who looks like they're kind of doing the same thing. The Saints are kind of is still in the in the Sioux scenario that's there. Like what what in your mind does this does this Eagles team need to kind of counteract that or do you think that there's kind of enough here already to hang with them regardless of what those guys do? Oh yeah, I, I mean look, I think Howie already has done that, right? I mean, I think that's I mean who is the, the the Super Bowl champions are the first big move that you hear about because they go out and trade for Michael Bennett, even though they have a defensive line that carried them to a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, like that. who does that? I, I think that Howie came out and he said, you know, we're not sitting on our laurels. We know that other teams around us are going to get better. The Rams are going to try and get better. The Vikings are going to try and get better, blah, 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 blah. And we're going to try and get better, too. We're not just going to, you know, sit here and, and, and you know, do what's easy. We're going to try and make a better team. And, and sure, they've lost a few things, but I think you could I think you make a really valid argument. The Eagles are a better team today than they were when they won the Super Bowl. I think that's a legitimate argument you can make. And obviously, Carson Wentz on the men coming back, uh, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I think that. I don't think they look at other teams. I think that other teams are looking at the Eagles again. I think mm -hmm. that 
And and I don't think you can you look, I don't think the Eagles need to shape their teams around those teams because they're already better. They've proven they're better. I'm not scared of the Rams. I'm not scared of those teams. Like they're coming for us. And and sure, look, I love what the Rams did. I think it was really smart to shore up their secondary like that. I think um, you know, what what you know, going to get Kirk Cousins, I don't agree with the money, but I think he's better than Case Keenum. I, I you know, I think they'll be better because of it. I think it's gonna hurt them you know, next year and the year after with who they won't be able to keep and, and keeping that team together. But I understand taking a shot there. But I, I think that you look at this Eagles team, it was already better. And, and I think they've made moves to shore up some spots and to get a little better in their strength areas. I, I, I think they're already a better team. Yeah, and uh, obviously I agree with that, BLG. And the, one of the reasons why and uh, another thing that happened, and some some people are going to say, oh, it's the it's the big J journalist of pardon my take that broke the story, but no, hmm. Brandon Lee Gowton sniffed it out first because our good friend Chris Long was at a Waterboys uh, org uh, event, which is something you should be uh, distinctly aware of now. And if you're not, please go uh, Waterboys dot org. It's a fantastic charity. Uh, but Chris Long is is staying, and the Eagles did him right by giving him more guaranteed money uh, to maybe even entice him to to be around here, but. I, I I love that Chris Long is going to stay here for at least another year, BLG. Yeah, I mean, what is this? What is this? The the Big J journalists themselves, part of my take, are going to be like, oh, you know, recurring guest Chris Long has accepted an offer from the Philadelphia Eagles and will be returning to the team for the 2018 NFL season. All caps, please credit. I mean, this was tweeted at 1.28 p.m. Meanwhile, you have my tweet at 11.53 a.m., so, you know, almost about two hours earlier, almost there, with uh, a video clip of Chris Long himself saying that he is leaning on going back and playing for the Eagles in 2018. So, I mean, who really broke the story there? Was it them or was it me who actually took uh, a tweet that I saw from someone that, who had no followers to follow up and go on to the Waterboys org Instagram live page, which was very hard to get to uh, play that video and then try to screen record get him, it too DLG. because get him. the mobile get recording him. on your iPhone isn't very... So was it them? Did, we start, did we start EAD already and I didn't know? Did you guys not tell <laughs> I, me? No, I guess I guess not. I did. Eagle After Dark, uh, you can go subscribe on patreon.com slash PGN radio where you'll hear uh, not only stuff like this because <laughs> we certainly have some gripes to get into from, oh, the Super Bowl and beyond. And if you want more griping, you can certainly do that for all our $5 subscribers. And uh, plus, you'll also get great content like BGN NFL, uh, The Beast, all hosted by Vince Quinn. Plus, uh, I got to tell you, and this is brand new, we're breaking some news here. Oh. Upon further review is coming back, and what we have decided nice. is that we are going to have a early release for Upon Further Review, and Vince is making that sound pitch perfect and beautiful. We will certainly let you know when that's going to drop, but for our $10 tier, because we know you guys have been uh, uh, doing a, a fantastic job of supporting us along with everybody else that's part of the program, you're going to get a week of early access of Upon Further Review, plus all the bonus interviews uh, that Vince does with that. So that's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, plus, we are adding on even more programming. That's one of our main focuses this offseason is to shore that up. Uh, also, breaking news in that $10 tier once, uh, as we uh, just mentioned, Benjamin Solak is going to break down tape every single week with, you know, Michael Kist, maybe even Trey Thomas, some other fun things. And again, that's all going to be part of our $10 tier, $5 tier. Uh, we will keep adding on some fun shows to that as well. Patreon.com slash BGN radio. But yes, uh, continue. Can I finish my actual Chris Yes, now you can. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> and now please finish. Them. I didn't get to the football side. I just, you know, totally just very self-serving. Um, you know, there are some podcasts like that out there. So I, I um, for the Chris Long move itself, a lot of shots tonight by me. Yeah, a lot um, of shots. Chris, I'm not, I'm not drinking shots, but I'm taking a lot of them. So uh, the, the move itself, I think it's really important. I think people kind of maybe even don't realize how important Chris Long was to this team last year. You look at his pressure stats 
I mean, yeah, this is a guy who turns 33 like this month, but he was right up there, and he was a beast coming off the bench. You think about some of the big moments he had, not only the obvious in the NFC Championship game forcing that pick six to Patrick Robinson, but in the Rams game. You know, they're down, and he comes and he strip sacks Jared Goff at the end of that game. So he had some huge moments last season, and just obviously his impact in the locker room and off the field. To have Chris Long back, it's awesome. And it makes this pass rush that much better. Because if you lost Chris Long and Vinny Curry, that would hurt. But you keep Chris Long and you add Michael Bennett and you have all this depth here and it's very great. Yeah, and James, that was kind of a weird thing. I even think I saw Mosher and they, uh, a couple of other people were talking about it. It's just like, well, he's probably mulling over the fact that he's not getting playing time. I was like, guys, Vinny Curry got left. <laughs> That's it. Like the one, guy, one guy left, Bennett came. Nothing's really changed. It just makes the NASCAR package that much better because now you can do several different things with it. I love Chris Long being here. I'm so happy that he stayed, James. Yeah, a million percent. I didn't get that either, John. Look, the whole concept of this defensive scheme is freshness and fresh guys and go, 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 go. He's going to get more than enough opportunities to go after the quarterback. I think that is uh, was, was silly, I think. Uh, and I'm with you. And I also think, you know, you guys kind of hinted at it, but just the, the presence this guy has in the locker room, what he matters to what he means to this team. You know, the I said before that I think one of the, the defining images of the past season for me was, you know, Malcolm Jenkins with his fist in the air and Chris Long was the guy with his arm around him. And, and he's just kind of been that guy for this team all season long. And um, he obviously just a great guy as well on top of that. Just selfishly, we want to keep him around. But I think as a part of that locker room and, and, and BLG and I talked a little bit about this uh, with, with Trey Thomas on Saturday on the WIP show. Um, but the concept of losing these guys and bringing new faces in and what that does to a locker room and to team chemistry. And I think uh, regardless of, of all that keeping Chris long here can only do good towards that, that, you know, goal of, of kind of trying to recreate as close as you can to that that positive you know locker room experience we saw last year and James I don't think we got this uh, in last week but certainly that's been an interesting conversation as well as I I don't really know I, did we overrate the chemistry part of this team like there are a no. bunch of good guys no. I th I think we have and here's why oh no way here's why I no don't way I think I think we have built in this chemistry thing where it's like oh, that's why they went and did it, and LeGarrette Blunt was literally here, and now he is gone. The people that were before here, like DGB and all those, wasn't like that they didn't have enough chemistry. Those were shitty football players. Yeah, Crappy, no, but, awful uh, football look, players. Yeah, Hold on, I'll get, to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. I'm know, just saying, all these different mercenaries and then some of the guys that end up being long-term contracts, I, it, to me it's just they're, they're better football players and they fit exactly what this team needs, and that's been the more identifiable thing for me is uh, 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 Joe Douglas going like, here's how this should work in this particular scheme, and, and here's the players that I think you need for it, and that's been the overall, like, this works. Because, again, they're doing the same thing. You're bringing Michael Bennett in for basically probably one year, maybe more if you get a little better. You're bringing in Mike Wallace, who, again, just for one year, and not a focal point more or less, but still, like you're, this is going to continue to happen, at least in my eyes. A lot of one-year guys are going to come here from now into eternity, especially when you have to pay Carson Wentz. I think that's more important than the, the chemistry of this football team. Well, no, I look, I, I think they're, they're both important. Ellie, you can't win with a, a bunch of great guys who love each other who suck. But I think that, <laughs> I think that, you know, I think that specific to this past season and all the guys you lose and you lose Carson Wentz, like, I don't think, I think that the chemistry, the locker room, the underdog thing, I think that is, is a major part of why they won. Towards the end, and absolutely. That's yeah. I'm talking as much towards the end as anything. It was the biggest exemplification of a team and underdogs and fighting against the odds and banding together and all that. I, I, like, look, I, I don't think you're ever going to recreate something like that. That was a unique set of circumstances, painting a guy's into a certain corner in a certain space and all that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. I, I, and look, I think that, look, you don't see that with a lot of champions. Like, they might like each other, but it's not this story of, of this epic type of thing. I just mean more in the sense of... of Kind of, you know, look, you're, you can't recreate it exactly, but I do think that, that it was something that was a defining characteristic of that team last season. 
and you'd like to see at least a, a positive, you know, kind of thing coming out again this season. I think they will. I think I think if you have, and, and that's kind of what Trey alluded to too, is that if you have a strong locker room already and strong leaders and all that, that that you can you know bring guys in and, and let guys. I mean, it's the nature of the sport; it's always going to happen. But I do think that that it is something to that it doesn't hurt when you have guys who are a part of that and leaders in a locker room and good leaders in a locker room. It never hurts when they also, you know, when they're also great on the field to, to bring those guys back. And on, honestly, BLG, I think that starts with the head coach and that's why you can do it is because they allow, they allow them to be that way to, to be themselves. And the, it's, I don't know. It's just more the emotional intelligence. I don't think it's like finding, you know, the the right group of uh, of of guys and their their pheromones or anything. I just think it's it, it's just is how it is there, BLG. Well, I take offense to the idea that uh, the Eagles aren't just trying to assemble, or the idea that you know people just can't assemble a bunch of guys who get together and have good chemistry to make over for their lack of talent. I mean, that's what BGN Radio was built on, clearly. So uh, very offensive, but but, yeah, well, but, well, but I'm well with put, you guys. Well put, yes. <laughs> Thank you for following me down that rabbit hole. So I think the, the thing here is uh, I think we all pretty much agree for the most part, I think, yeah. which is very it's unsurprising. More semantics, I, d- I think, than anything. <laughs> I think it's just kind of like it's – there's a threshold you have to get to for it to matter. Like, you know, like James said, you can't have a bunch of guys who suck. You kind of get to a certain point. And then once you're on that same tier as everyone else, it's about, okay, what are the little things that kind of separate this from being a very good team to being a Super Bowl championship team? So, and then some of it, I think, is kind of just confirmation bias and, and, uh, you know, all of that as well. I mean, well, I mean, because BLG, you were saying before we were coming on, this is all these different things that are happening. I'm surprised that people didn't yell Dream Team last year, and now after they've oh, won brother. a goddamn Super Bowl, people are suggesting Dream Team. That is pissing me off, oh, especially the Michael Bennett stuff. It's I can't, I just can't. Like so many people reacted like that too, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I don't know what that even means at this point. I've almost blotted that out from my memory. Like it doesn't matter. Like the dream team doesn't matter anymore, guys. The Eagles won a Super Bowl. Like there isn't that that embarrassment hanging over, or that losing mentality, which is exactly what I think that is. Like that doesn't exist here anymore. And Michael Bennett saying that this could be one of the best defensive lines ever is obviously hyperbole. But is he off base? No, because this is a team that led the NFL in pressures generated last year, and now you're adding Michael Bennett, and now you're adding Haloti Nagata. Derek Barnett is only 21 years old. He's developing. You're bringing Chris Long back. You still have um, uh, Brandon Graham here, who's obviously excellent. Like This could be a really special defensive line, and that should be the mentality of this team from now on. We were just talking about how you know, you have all these other teams in the NFC. Who gives a shit about them? The Eagles are good. They have really good things going for them. Sustainable success. Get they don't need to, to be afraid of other teams <laughs> or be, like, respectful or, like, oh, let's just wait till we prove something first. They won the Super Bowl. What more do you want them to prove? I love Michael Bennett going there in his first press conference and being like, yeah, guess what? Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, yes. Alex Smith, they're watching this, and I'm coming for them. I love that. That was my favorite part of the week. And also, uh, I, I know you're hearing this at home right now. Have you ever heard a more fired-up BLG in the history of this podcast? I fucking <laughs> love this. He's so fired up that he said Nagata instead of... Uh, I know! <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, and uh, all this I can think was, In Nagata to Vito, baby. And, I, and, now, and, now, and now that <laughs> is... And then that. you gotta go, Hello to Nagata Vito, baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, it is now, every time that BLG gets fired up from this point forward... I'm going to play that song underneath on the pod. It's just going to be that. <laughs> and, it, you know, I, I think that's I think we found uh, his his theme song. And that's what's uh, great about this season. It's just it just feels like that. And, and there's so much weight that has been lifted. Like things are just uh, moving in a different direction. I was going to stop myself today, James. I'm looking at Cindy Webster and at 94 WIP and like, oh, my God, opening day of the Phillies is like next week. And, and you're going like, how did that happen so fast? Oh, yeah. The Eagles won a Super Bowl, and then the offseason happened immediately. I hope that happens every single year. The Sixers are dominating. I fucking love this, man. This is, this is everything we have wanted as a fan base and more bonuses if you are fans of the other team. Like, 
man, it's just a it's just a good time to be in Philadelphia right now. And uh, and let's let's take some final thoughts as we're rolling out here, Mister Seltzer. Yeah, it's fucking amazing, and, and the whole like it's it's surreal and awesome. But uh, my final thought is. Uh, become a Patreon member because I'm ready to go. Let's go to Igala, as you guys like to say. I like to call it Igalia because it's way more fun sounding. <laughs> but it's an Igalia well, after dark coming up and BLG's fired up. I'm ready. Uh, I'm just ready to go. Let's fucking go. Also, let's break some more news at the end of the pod here. Some more interesting tidbits here. Let me tell you, there has been a lot of, hey, when are you going to change the logo? Because the the slogan for a very long time had been green eyes, green hearts often lose. And now that is just not our mantra anymore. And Jimmy D'Onofrio, which you need to follow on the Twitter.com, has put together one of the most gorgeous logos that I've ever seen. And I cannot wait to unveil it soon. We are, that's probably going to be, I would say, by Monday. Uh, new logo, pristine, uh, ready for uh, new T-shirts and mugs and pillows and flags. We're, we're going to hang them high at tailgate. So let me just tell Back you that. Back tattoos. Yes, all, all of it. It's going to uh, – I, I love it. I'm, I'm very excited for it. BLG, your final thoughts, pal. Final thoughts? Obviously, listen to BGN Radio on WIP. Again, it's the what? It's like basically like four to six. Yeah. So for those that are Saturday. outside of Philadelphia and you hear National CBS Radio, hang tight, and mm-hmm. you'll know when we start because we got to start after the Phillies. But the next week after that, back to the normal spot after Glenn and Ray uh, from one to three. So we got that going on. Obviously, continue again as we said at the top of the show with the reviews and the ratings. We got to get a thousand in both. Still have some work to do with that. One of the biggest things to happen this week, and probably one of the most important things, and we're getting into it late, but it's we, we're getting to it, so that's all that matters, is that Carson Wentz was throwing a football. He had a brace on. I don't care. But <laughs> all right, so we all saw that. We all can make of that what we will. To me, what that says to me, uh, uh, guess what else happened that day that Carson Wentz posted that video? Oh, by the way, it was the same day that – it was reported that the Eagles will host the Vikings well, in well, the NFL. Well. And I don't think that's an accident. I think Carson. Oh, it's probably just coincidence. I'm saying, sure. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, no coincidence. No coincidence. He is saying, This is my team. I'm coming back. I'm going to beat the Vikings and Kirk Caviar, and we're going to roll, baby. Uh, hashtag for the podcast today, boys, is. Is it Nagata? Yeah. <laughs> hashtag yeah. N-A-G-A-T-A. Yeah, N-A-G-A-T-A. Nagata. Hashtag Nagata. Uh, and again, listen to all the other fine programming that we have through the feed. Uh, like I was saying, the Kiss and Solak show uh, never stops recording. A lot of fun stuff coming up. We appreciate you tuning in each and every day, week, month, whenever you uh, can find us right here on BGN Radio and BleedingGreenNation.com. We'll see you on Eagle after dark, guys. <laughs>